The following program is a work of fiction and falsehood that is not meant to be interpreted as actual fact. The views expressed in this program are not necessarily those of the broadcaster or the management thereof. This program deals with morbid themes and grotesque humor. Listener discretion is advised. Glad you're here. I'm media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is EurekaCast, now where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Sciences. Hello there, Rowan. Hello, Kai, and let us tonight emanatize the eschaton of learning. Um, well, I have to apologize there, Rowan, but I would love to have understood what you just said. But I'm swamped right now. I can't. I can barely think about uh, what what the day is and what what time we are fe- we're feeling right now. And the reason for that is I have been engaged in a very long, hopefully a very fruitful project with the uh, hopefully a fruitful uh, endeavor with the Chicago Body Project. Oh, I love the Chicago Body Project so much. They're always doing such interesting work with regards to the neighborhoods and the wellness therein, and really considering the. The, the city as itself, its own living entity. That's such a wonderful thought process, I mean, really. I, I mean, exactly. I think it would be unethical to think of Chicago City as anything but its own body, and the bodies therein as being sub-bodies in a larger body. But I, I'll, I'll get into that cascading realm of thought uh, maybe some other time. Right now, I want to talk about what I've been doing with the Chicago, the Chicago Body Project, and that is uh, an endeavor called the Neighborhood Directory Program. The thing is, as you might know, we've been putting up in the past few weeks, Tech Brothers has been putting up tower after tower after tower of the Guy 5 Towers in neighborhoods all over the city. It's really a noble project, making sure everybody has equal access to the wonderful Guy 5 network and its advanced algorithms and protocols. Yes, Um, yes, noble. Uh, mm, But unfortunately, with this, we've needed to do... You know, a lot of investigation and analysis on the neighborhoods and where towers can go, where they should go, depending on the cultural and just neighborly relations of these neighborhoods. Uh, But unfortunately, the bodies that are supposed to be keeping track of all things vis-a-vis neighborhood, the, you know, the the councils of aldermen and the, uh, the various other regulatory bodies that keep track of neighborhoods, they... Well, frankly, they haven't done the best job, at least not a Tech Brothers uh, sort of level of job. So what we've had to do is we've had to go into all of these neighborhoods, use drones, use people on foot, use use bots, use satellites to really get down to and analyze how cultures and neighborhoods in Chicago interact, the intra-hood relationships, if you will, and like how those small ecosystems work. And, and that's what I've been doing. 
Well, and and as has been discussed in in some other programs and has been brought upon is that with these neighborhoods, the the definitions are shifting and changing so much that it really is almost a fallacy to call them individual neighborhoods when the borders between them are so fluid and, and really poorly understood. I'm imagining there's a lot of issues with that in your project as I, well. I mean, most definitely. And I, I mean, thankfully, we have very complex algorithms to really make the understanding of a neighborhood a, a fluid, a fluid body, which you know, past uh, past uh, realms, regimes have have not thought of them as such. Hopefully, we'll we'll get more into we'll get some real, actual data that we can use to help the city of Chicago with these new, more complex algorithms. In fact, there's one piece of information. Uh, Rowan, that we did find. I mean, we're, we're constantly coming up with new and new stuff. But one thing that I found was a fa- we've been finding very, very fascinating uh, relationships between certain neighborhoods and certain other factors that exist in those neighborhoods. Uh, there's one that we've recently come up with that all that made me. It just made me kind of giggle. It's it's so fascinating, and, and it's just a small slice of life uh, about the city of Chicago that I didn't know. But it's fascinating to find out. Did you know, Rowan, that there is a fascinating one-to-one correlate, correlated relationship between a neighborhood's number of basement co-ops, of, of BCs, and the average CBD in that neighborhood's sewage runoff? I I did not know that as such, but that, that makes sense to me. That, that Generally speaking, the kind of individuals that take place in these basement co-ops, they have a better understanding of the various um, alternatives out there that exist for, for partying, as it were. In these basement co-ops, it's, it's the first places you'll see things like uh, that have gone on to become quite popular, mm-hmm. like Kratom and Kava and ketamine and all these, these all these k all these k words oh, yes. and, and and cbd not a k but a c yeah um is just the, the next evolution of these sort of things yeah. in terms of of uh new exciting interesting ways to party right and i mean if you think about it basements with the new chicago regulatory civil regulatory uh, uh stances all these basements they need to have drains for all the runoff it's possible that there is a there is in fact a direct relationship between those basement co-ops and that sewage itself just because of these drains. Many of the the basement co-ops I've been a part of or toured do tend to have a great deal of of standing sewage water um in the area. Mm-hmm. Um so if if there are in fact drains being put in now, which I think is a worthwhile endeavor, right. it's it's very easy to imagine that how that would very quickly have that cascading effect and you would very quickly see that yes um but with that why don't we get into this week's eureka moments now uh rowan yes i am under the impression that you have sort of a timely story uh for us today of course of course well as the listener may be aware if they are catching this live um if not uh it is autumn time we just moved into october autumn time in chicago Uh, september is come and gone um the temperatures are getting colder and we are we are starting to see the 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 leaves on the trees start to change a little bit Mm -hmm. just a little bit because of for a variety of reasons of course of course some of them having to do with uh climate the change in the local climate but nevertheless um scientists have from the oklahoma a&m university Mm -hmm. university recently used 
cellular engineering technologies to culture corn cells on a chip. Um, it's a it's a very um, new paradigm in agronomical research. Um, the ability mm -hmm. to instead of having test fields where only once every year can you really do something different to these fields. Mm -hmm the growing you know the grow with the growing season being what it is right now there is this ability to have your crops on a small um down to millimeter size uh, chip a corn chip perhaps as it's being referred to um and then sort of look at those things uh the it gives you abilities to very quickly um look at fertilizer or pesticides mm -hmm. or um perhaps different sort of companion planting um and get data back much quicker automate the process right Absolutely. we're no longer having to deal with uncle uncle sam's leg anymore and it telling us when to water our crops we now have chips that have their own legs i.e sensors and protocols exactly although i think time will tell that that the that, that the uncle's leg, for example, um, there's a lot more wisdom to be gained from mm -hmm. from the various aching of joints and the phases of the moons. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Mm -hmm. This corn chip um, is still in the early phases. They just announced the possibility and the first proof of concept for this. But they decided, mm -hmm. um, these researchers, that... It, with a, you might have a little fun with it. You know, autumn is here. The harvest season is coming around. So what they did is, is in a sign of sort of enjoying the moment, they made the first ever corn maze right. on a chip. Uh, Fascinating. Through, yes. It was through a methodology of cellular printing in that could in, be really done in any manner, but they thought mm -hmm. it would be fun to make a maze on there. Um, and the plan with that is is uh, to, uh, besides simply enjoy it and enjoy the moment of having created this new uh, paradigm, they're also intending to use this for sort of intelligence studies with regards to microbes and other uh, single-cellular organisms. Um, really? Yes. The idea being if you, you can place a piece of food at the, the exit of the maze, mm -hmm. um, much in the same way that uh, the classic idea of putting a mouse through a maze, just instead right. of a mouse, it's a, a planaria or a, a daphnia. Um, or in this particular case, what they did was they did it with slime molds. Um, yes. A slime, slime mold. What is a slime mold? A slime mold is a very interesting sort of protozoan that uh, is single cellular for most of its lifespan okay. but um in certain under certain conditions it actually comes together and forms a sort of multicellular organism just through individual cells working together um it kind of mm -hmm. occupies this very interesting between space of being single cellular but being able to be multicellular or at least operate in numbers as if it were a multicellular organism right uh, so but this has been stuff that's been done before it's really this is really just about the fun of it you the know fun, well the the problem is a lot of people think of science as as very as very bland not necessarily like it, it needs to be clinical science needs to be clinical it needs to be exact but they think of it as bland but now all you have to do is replace a typical maze being made out of i don't know plexiglass or some other form of plastic make that a corn maze, and suddenly you have the same science with a nice fall 
authenticity, a nice, a, a nice, a, a seasonal, a seasonal flavor to it that people can really, you know, g- you know, grab onto. It, it certainly, um, um, especially in Oklahoma too, where th- they enjoy more so the harvest. Right. They have a very harvest. Most of their economy. science is based on corn anyway. Yeah, absolutely, and. It, it's it's very interesting and it's really more of a proof of concept but i just thought it was so much fun to bring it up it sounds great um and it in, in similar news the same um the same department the same agronomical researchers um are unveiling plans for the first ever microfluidic apple bobbing chip that is to come out in 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 the coming months how and micro how would this work well, much in the same way that you use cellular the, the cellular printing technologies with um, with the corn cells, sure. this can also be this could be done with any sort of plant cell, uh, apples included, mm-hmm. and the apple cells can be printed on a sort of fluidized sheet of water to allow them sort of make this this colloid, if you will, this right. apple bobbing colloid, and then. Uh, you can introduce once again microorganisms, and that will be able to test their dexterity as well as their ability to hold their breath while they are attempting to grasp this, the 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 uh, the apple colloid. Right. I mean, I honestly, I think this also solves, in addition to just making science more fun, I think this also solves solves another very important, uh, a, a very important problem that we have in society of the fact, like look, going back to the corn mazes. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in a corn maze and I walked in and I'm ready for a challenge and I solved that thing in three, four minutes. Not fun, not entertaining at all. I would like the opportunity to play against the computer in this one. I'd like to make the, I would like to set the difficulty up to intermediate, even difficult. And that's not something I can do with with a person making an analog cord maze. That's something that only a computer chip could could really provide to me, that intellectual stimulus. Absolutely, absolutely. And there is nothing to say, too, that with the advances in nanotechnology and and with VR, of course, (laughs) that these corn chips, as they're being called, you could have a VR headset and you could put yourself in this little... powered self-powered submersible mm-hmm. that goes on the chip and you could it's go sort of through like a, it yeah so sort of like a dust exactly if you will. exactly and 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 with that too uh, and you can just you can have a bag full of these that you can buy and you can trade them out depending on what kind of maze you want to you want to take part in just have a bag of of these corn chips absolutely absolutely i uh, well, they haven't gone as far to say this, but I believe that with this technology advancing at the way in the rate that it is, mm-hmm. we're very close to being able to have a fully self-contained microscopic fall harvest festival. That I'm with the really looking for. Simply to. need a, a pumpkin patch, and essentially that we're there. It's done. Yeah, and you know, pumpkin patch is coming to. Pumpkin Patch is coming to the the fall line of Tech Brothers programs very soon. Really? So keep an eye eye out for those updates. Wow, wow. That's... I don't know if that's exactly what we're talking about right now, but um, uh, Kai, I I believe you have something as well. Of course. Of course I do. This this week in my Eureka Moments, um, as you know, every single week I scour, I I get in contact with, with all of my all the people that I know that are put that are doing some great research, and sometimes sometimes I have to just choose a a pretty lackluster one, but this week, I feel like I found one that really, really surprised me. Really, this is a true eureka moment, my friend, because this week, bio um, biopsychologists at Carter University 
in Duberman, South Carolina, finally successfully proved that pluvers, the the common bird that you might see, a, a plover, perhaps. A pl- a pl- yeah, I call them pluvers. That's what the that's what the science is. That is that a is well, that that's a, a, a South Carolinian pronunciation, a, a, a regional dialect. Yeah, yes, a pluver. Um, for for years, I mean, we thought that pluvers, uh, because of their seemingly logical and rational behavior. Um, many thought, thought of them as the geniuses of the bird family, many calling them book birds or feathered Einsteins. Um, finally, because of research done at Carter University, we have proved that the pluver is, in fact, a natural genius. Really? Yes. And this is by a study. This is on a study of spine-tailed juniper plovers, um, which showed that the bird, birds host advanced problem-solving capabilities and the capacity to hold regime shattering insights fantastic fantastic i you know it's uh, among ornithologists and and bird keepers mm. you know hobbyists and what have you there is uh, this idea that that parrots tend to be uh, smarter the african gray parrot mm-hmm. um I don't want to talk ill about one of uh, Gaia's wonderful creations, mm-hmm. but I'm so sick of hearing about the African gray parrot. I really am. It's Nobody nice cares. to see. Yeah, it's nice to see plovers um, getting some recognition for for their uh, their innate abilities. Right. So, I mean, the study this this study here on plovers, they it didn't just start off with this research. A lot a lot of history of research has gone into it. Specifically, um, some very important brain scan and fluid measurements taken from a number of verified geniuses over the course of history, including um, some notable ones include the subatomic particle physicist responsible for the discovery of the Gusher meson um, and its particular interactions with the Mu field, Dr. Faun Wheeling, as well as everybody's favorite uh, chess master, uh, Yat Hui. So analyzing these certified geniuses, um, they were they, they studied them for neural uh, neural circuitry and body chemistry when they were in fact thinking contemplating and solving some of their most their most genius works their masterpieces so on and so forth so for example you would be grabbing um, a fluid of some sort um, brain fluid spinocerebral fluid yes. from uh, uh, Huay, for example yeah while uh, yeah while playing yeah while while they're engaged in a, in a in a lengthy a lengthy battle with some other master chess players. fascinating very fascinating I, I mean and some great some great uh, things came out of this some very interesting interesting facts um including that some geniuses have even, even been recorded as releasing a specific chemical pheromone known as cranius maxinol really yes uh, who knew that a pheromone was related to being a genius now you're saying that that there is a, the these geniuses are actually excreting excreting a a a pheromone into the the atmosphere around them yes. in their moments of genius yes and, it, and it's not known to what extent this has any effect on other people or even some animals there are some reports of wood, woodland creatures uh you know forming around certain people while they're while they're engaged in solving a very complex math problem or something um but there's not there's not you know, some great data on that it's, yet. it's all anecdotal yeah. at the moment um, so this data, as you know, uh, anybody that's, that's looked into genius research in the past um, knows that this data was, was looked at and analyzed by Bright Nook College in Argenta, California, and we were able to pull apart certain patterns that could be identified as abnormal in comparison to control groups um, of like intellectually average people, both intellectually average people pondering advanced ideas 
um, as well as intellectually average people who are, you know, solving underwhelming uh, math problems. I'm, I'm imagining the bulk of these individuals being undergraduates at the uh, Brightnook College. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. And we'll, we'll get to that later, too. Um, so we, were under, we understood these patterns um, that geniuses sort of hold. The question has always been, how do you test for genius in other animals who might have different ways of communicating, just different, different mind schemes uh, compared to people? How do we test to see whether an animal itself is a genius? And, I mean, the researchers here did just that. Um, what they did was they took all these bluevers and they taught them basic linear algebra using sticks, rocks, and grass nomenclature, um, which, they were, which they taught to them over the course of an intense three-year boot camp where only half of the sample died. Only half? Only half. Wow. Um, and so once they got once these once these pluvers got that got those basics down, they were trained in a series of progressively more difficult math problems ranging from linear relationships to partial derivatives, um, having to answer using this this new this new method of math. Half the group from there died again. Only half. Now I don't want to go on in an, a tangent here, but I would love to hear more. Maybe not now, but in future episodes, I would absolutely love to hear about this new natural nomenclature for you for linear algebra and, of course, calculus down yeah. the line. And I would love to tell you, but unfortunately, I just haven't taken these classes yet. Hopefully, in the future, I'm able to attend some of these seminars. I, I it just for me personally, um, as as someone who who feels at, at it's such a deep, deep connection to nature mm -hmm. um, and not math. I think trying to bridge the gaps, it, there's all of this talk about math reflecting nature and nature reflecting math. Yeah. But when you look at numbers and you look at nomenclature, I don't see it. Right. You never see a plover, uh, a group of plovers flying in the air in the shape of a sigma. You never see... Um, you really never do. You never see, for example, a, a nine just naturally forming in, in, a, in, in a pumpkin patch, for example, or, or um, in the lichen on a tree. Yeah. Um, this... Th I, I... It's really... I mean, that's... I, I totally agree. Like they say, you never see a nine in nature. Um, so, with these remaining pluvers, uh, what they did was they gave them several open-ended enigma problems, is what they're called, um, where with chips implanted in their heads and guts, they monitored these creatures to trace their neural circuitry and chemical production, and found when they were solving these sort of these these enigma problems, when they were going through the motions, when they were using their logical rational brains in a manner maybe possibly very similar to a ge as a genius would face one of these problems. Um, they found the very same patterns that we found in, the, in these ge in these genies, as they as it were, and these results were not only substantially different from the control group of undergraduate students enrolled in the applied sciences elective at Carter, but the researchers also found that the neural and the neural activity density and signal rates of these pluvers were nearly double that of really the the best the best undergraduate in the in the bunch. Many of whom were never even were able to master the basic stick expansion. Well, I I don't want to diminish what these plovers are are doing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to um, cast aspersions on that. But um, undergraduates from applied sciences is that it is an elective. Yeah, it's that's that's a, an awfully low bar, isn't it? Well, we wanted we wanted to make sure this control group wasn't a bunch of geniuses themselves. Well, you have no risk at running into geniuses at an applied science uh, program. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what I mean, what what 
I hope to see some very fascinating things come out of this research. I just found it and found it very fascinating. So at least what anybody out there listening could go home with is knowing if you see a pluver out in the wild, know that they're thinking on a level that you cannot comprehend. And and that uh, while they are thinking about that, pay homage to the plover too. Um, show it the respect it deserves. Mm-hmm. Really, um, the true genius is nature, and I think it goes to show. Are you ready for another segment, Rowan? Absolutely. This is a segment I'm calling, as I said, people out there that are learning about science. They love science. They love learning about new, new fascinating things, but it's really fun and it improves engagement when we add in segments and ways that listeners can interact with it, this with this knowledge is this this gamification that it uh, is that gamification you, you, you bring up constantly and to right me? now we're gonna right now we're gonna be doing a segment that i call what do you think what do i think what do you think um are you ready for the question rowan yes this question it, it goes into some of the relationships that i've that i've been studying in the chicago directory of the chicago body project um, and this is a question that I found somewhat fascinating as well. A little bit of a little nugget of information, if you will. The question is, which of Chicago's historic neighborhoods was the first to introduce the bird tax, which is a tax on properties with higher concentrations of birds? The, the, three, the three ones I'm giving you to narrow it down are Austin, Greenest, or Next to the Yards. Which one of these three was the first, the very first to introduce the bird tax? Well, I, hmm, that is, I remember when the bird tax was first proposed, mm-hmm. I remember that there was a number of individuals, myself included, who were quite upset about this. I mean, once again, why are we taxing something so beautiful, the sky dancers that exist in the world? Um, gosh, I'm going to have to think about that one. Um, when we come, uh, why don't we take a break and um, we'll, when we come back. No cheating, everybody. Please, please. This is this is um, cheating is the is a horrible way to avoid um, or a horrible way to learn. Right. Uh, if, if there's nothing worse, wrong with being wrong. Right. Worse. I mean, worse than plagiarism. Really, really is. Um, but we'll be back with the answer to that and our special feature. Please stay tuned. <laughs> And we're back. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Rowan. Did you get some chance, some some opportunity to think about that question that we posed in the previous "What do you think?" segment? I did, I did. But okay. for the benefit of the listener, why, right. why don't you repeat the question? Okay. So the question was: Which of Chicago's historic neighborhoods was the first to introduce the bird tax, a tax on properties with higher concentrations of birds? The the uh, the ones that I gave you were Austin, the neighborhood of Austin the neighborhood of greenest and the neighborhood of next to the yards hmm it's a tough one it is absolutely a tough one but if i had to make if i had to guess i i don't think it was next to the yards because that has historically been my where i i study um and and where i teach mm. that is it is the simon amy institute of spirit sciences right. next to the yards campus mm-hmm. um so I'm going to have to go with it's Austin. Down, it's down between Austin and Greenest. Why don't you think it's Greenest? Uh, greenest, to me, I, I've never been through that neighborhood, but I, I seem to recall it being very, um, it's an east side neighborhood, is it not? Um, Not not necessarily. No? Um, it's, it's sort of more on the east side. There are definitely a larger 
number of East Siders living in that neighborhood than most other not East Side neighborhoods. No, well, um, I'm going to stick with Austin. You're going to stick with Austin? Yes. Okay. It was, in fact, Austin. Really? Rowan, congratulations. Thank you. But thanks for playing my game, Rowan. I'm, I'm always. Um, it, uh, well, it may not have been quite as informing on a deep level as the mid-show meditation would have been. I am mm-hmm. very happy to share um, the middle, the mid-show slot with you. But we'll on to the special this. feature we'll talk about today. this later. Yes. Today's special feature is sort of a, uh, is, is a celebration almost. This week, we have successfully Tech Brothers, the organization that I work for and many other Chicagoans have a lot of exposure to. Tech Brothers has successfully updated all masks, all Tech Brothers branded masks and face covering products to the latest version of the Guy5 network. Um, excuse me? Yeah, all the masks, they've been updated. What and and this is because there were concerns that the continually evolving strains of the Mallow Twenty One virus, um, that just months ago ravaged our city and needed sort of immediate response, um, that these viruses would learn how to manipulate the vulnerabilities in the softwares and network network configurations. So, obviously, constant updates need to be made. But this this new Guy Five network update uh, represents the largest update to masks and face coverings. That that we've done, and it, it, we consider it a big success for the health and safety of Chicago. Uh, now, um, to to ask, mm-hmm. why was it felt necessary to integrate masks, the fabric face coverings, uh, with a wireless network? What um, I, what is the purpose of that? Well, I mean, I think it's perfectly, I think it's perfectly obvious. But as Mal- the Mallet Twenty One virus continues to evolve. This is a virus that in the past, we've seen it evolve. We've seen the rapid the rapid augmentation, uh, the rapid mutations of the virus that the, exist. The various proliferations right. of, of the various strains and the, the, the strife created between those strains and the gangs that have formed and fallen, right. et cetera. Yes. Yeah, so, but contrary to popular belief, the Tech Brothers masks are not just barriers. They're not just masks. Um, as this virus continues to expand and evolve, and as other viruses continue to plague our neighborhoods and societies, Tech Brothers masks and face, face covering products are a high-tech security system that looks, acts, and adapts to keep the wearer safe and healthy. And this is why there have been so many regulations uh, in the past few months that have required that people be constantly wearing their masks because there are so many benefits to wearing just a simple mask or face covering. I mean, that's why part of the reason we no longer have to, part of the reason we are in a newer normal is because Tech Brothers so kindly gave out so many masks and face coverings that were able to not only block the Mal 21 uh, virus, but also... Uh, look for it in the systems, try to eradicate it, watch out for damaging behavior by the wearer. Just so many things to keep to keep a person wearing it safe and healthy. That's that's don't don't you feel that's a bit of a, a an overreach, a privacy issue? Um, especially when something uh, s- simple as a as a nice fair trade hemp mask with a dab of peppermint essential oil could it w- would suffice very simply. Well, unfortunately, Rowan, we were at a time when, when, when mesh masks and 
and essential oils and even the own, our own human immune system cannot be trusted to handle the viruses that we see in, in modern times. So the Tech Brothers lines of masks and coverings, as I said, do not just block, but they monitor and eliminate the risks and ensure that the, that the, they ensure the body of the wearer um, that they are receiving secure transmission of air, disposal of com uh, carbon dioxide. And apart from all of those other masks, this is another great addition. All those other masks, you need to remove the mask if you are going to eat some food, drink some beer, take some medication, and, and buy even a nice, healthy amount of smoke, smoking and vaping. These masks, you can do all of that because while you are wearing the mask due to the advanced algorithms of said mask. Um, but here is the problem, though. All, although these masks are, are, are great, they are almost perfect the way that they are, we, a lot of time and effort has gone into, from the security laboratories of Tech Brothers, into ensuring that these masks do all of those things and are the best possible products for making sure that uh, a wearer is safe and secure and certainly not going to catch any new evolving form of Mala 21. We didn't just release this update because of the Mala 21 virus itself, but we have another, we unfortunately have another another enemy, so to speak, another thing that is that is that is contradicting or, or, or harming our ability to protect, to protect Chicagoans. And that is, we find ourselves in a position where we need to anticipate certain irresponsible behaviors from Chicago residents themselves. Uh, once again, is this, do you feel that this is, this is strictly n necessary? Um, it, it, it's, it's a mask. It's a, it's a cloth covering on the face. Are, are well, all it's of these... way more than a cloth covering do, 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 on the face. Do, is there not an issue with comfort or weight with regards to all of this? Um, I've seen the I've seen the pictures. I um, you well, sent Rome, me one. Yeah, we've sent we've sent every single person in Chicago several masks. Um, yes, and I I took one look at them, and I looked at the the, the construction materials. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's all of these mystery fibers, uh, plastics and what have you. Um, it's not. It, if well, it were if, if it were cotton never... or fiberglass or or perhaps hemp, it, it would be one thing. But I mean, but if you if you think about it, if for somebody that that grew in a, that grew up around maybe sheep all their life, um, perhaps cotton itself could be a mystery fiber. Just because you do not have experience to it does not mean it's anything to fear. Well, is there is there no, fear is the wrong word for it. It's just a healthy skepticism with regards to uh, if. If I, I I happen to have a, a fair amount of understanding mm -hmm. of chemistry, right? Um, I I've studied various um, photo emulsions for aura photography and um, essential oil um, enhancement, doping, that sort of and thing. And I I do not contradict any of your expertise. But, these but I look at the 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 fibers and then I try to cross reference them um, with various uh, institutions and sort of uh, chemical cataloging. Mm -hmm facilities and i i cannot find what these are i cannot determine what these are these these numbers are nonsense uh, it, it leads me well, what what, what are what what is going into these is my question when i say it's a mystery fiber i do not merely mean that it is nylon or polypropylene or a plastic if even if it was if it was one of those i still wouldn't put it on but uh, this really is something these are things entirely to me, it seems unknown to the wider 
textile manufacturing industry. Where are these coming from? Well, Tech Brothers is not the wider textile manufacturing industry, Rowan, and you should know that as, as well as as well as anybody. I, I, I should say though that be, that the reason these these fibers seem so mysterious is not because I don't know there's some form of alien technology, whatever you are, whatever you're 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 claiming that it is. However, many different, very secure, very very complex algorithms have gone into the creation of these masks to keep people wearing them from perfectly perfectly being able to solve what is inside of them. And, that, and that's from a safety perspective. What we're doing is we're keeping Chicagoans safe by keeping them from tinkering too much with their mask and its, and its processes. Well, okay, I have a simple question for you. Mm -hmm. I have just one of these, these, these fibers I have the name for it in front of me. I can I find no, no evidence for this anywhere, but I did manage to find a name. Okay. What is densely hyalinated scrambodamnium? What is that? Rowan, where did you where did you find that name? If I, you don't mind me asking. I I um we happen to actually have a number of um uh, textile analyzing tools mm -hmm. um uh, gas chromatography uh that sort of thing mm -hmm. at our uh at the labs and sure. we decided to run it through and and that's what we get we, we we got what is that well i mean i shouldn't have to say this but that this is of course a a proprietary fabric that is that that well you can think about it. these masks they're simple they're lightweight they go around the face they fit very well they're very comfortable and they're of course very safe and secure. Well, that's a matter of opinion, being comfortable or not. We've done the we've done the tests, and we know that for a fact, Rowan. I I I, I can assure you that you've worn a tech brother a tech brother's mask in the past. Whether or not you remember it is your own problem. Hmm. But all all I'm saying is that these these textiles, there's nothing to fear from a strange name just because you threw something in 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 a, in a chromatographer. There's nothing. To, there's nothing to fear from this. It's it's only there to protect you. And, and Tech Brothers and the Chicago Health and Safety Commission that we've been working very closely with in the manufacturing of all these products can verify this information. Well, it's not an issue of fear. I am not afraid of of. Uh, I sure sound like you. Are. I would prefer not to involve myself with um, synthetic fibers, but I am not afraid of them, mm. and I'm not afraid of of these the, the materials that are being put into it because I refuse to wear them. I do not know where you got this information that I have been wearing them with or without my knowledge, but I have not been wearing them. As a matter of fact, I have very strong opinions about masks in public areas and the content, the the, the, the composition therein. My point is, is that if what is the purpose of completely using, uh, completely coming up with with new textiles in addition to all of these these chips and what have you that are going into it, which are quite bulky and uncomfortable, I might add. Um, the battery pack alone is is three or four pounds. Rowan, how could you how could you make such a claim if you have yourself proposed to never have worn one? I I, I detect some 
some some some problem with with your two statements here. Well, I, the, the the issue of comfort was uh, by just looking at it, you can tell whether it's going to be comfortable, Rowan. No, some of my colleagues have tried it on um, as uh, out of curiosity, morbid mm-hmm. curiosity, perhaps. I mean, this is a very strange. And I, they, no one needs to wear it Rowan... to realize that the battery pack that goes across the jugular that weighs three or four pounds, and it's very snug. It's Rowan, a very snug fit. The the past the past four or five. Uh, latest uh, latest mask and face covering products that Tech Brothers has re- have released no longer have the battery pack. I don't know where you're getting this this ancient mask from and why you're making why you're making your coworkers put it on. This is a very strange argument to be having, Rowan. Mostly because anybody that is listening to this the, to this broadcast right now, they're all probably wearing their masks while they're listening. They're in fact probably listening on their masks. Um, if if to the listeners, if you are in fact wearing one of these masks, whatever please, Rowan is about to say, please, you please, cannot believe. Please it. consider removing them. Please, um, uh, I. But then think a second time with the slightest bit of logic and reason, and, and convince yourself that that is a very, very. There bad are idea. mystery fibers. Your jugular vein is being pressed upon they're... very heavily right now. Please, I, I Rowan, encourage they're you. Rowan, nowhere near you... the jugular. I, 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 that is not the design that I have seen. I've sent you many of the latest, the latest ones, and I let me say I didn't even get, I didn't know there'd be this sort of pushback to my special feature this week. I didn't even get to the to the issue that I have with these masks so far. All right, all right, please, I, I, I oh, please continue okay. to see what what so, your issue fact, is. Maybe this is maybe this is the problem. Maybe you have one of these masks. The problem is so as you know, Tech Brothers considers hacking a form of self expression. We've regularly hosted hack our hack our stuff, let's call them hack our stuff conferences, where we invite people of all ages, of all backgrounds to hack any of of Tech Brothers products, any of their services, and just see what you find. Because we think hacking is a form of self-expression. We've always encouraged hacking of our products, but we're finding that people are hacking these masks at an alarming rate in a variety of very poorly thought out ways. Many people who carry out these sort of poor choices, whether or not they're feeling some sort of, some sort of uh, degre- uh, uh, degenerative effects from Jepson fever itself. Or, or poor oxygen intake. Sure. Or, or through the mask. Whether they're trying to prove something. Well, that's the problem. They're probably not wearing the masks if they're, if they're getting poor oxygen intake because these masks are very good at giving you oxygen. L- let me be the first to tell anybody that is messing around with these masks you cannot make these masks better. You can only make them worse. So if you if you are hacking these masks, if you're putting very heavy battery packs on them and giving them to to unbeknownst spirit science graduates, then you're doing yourself in Chicago as a whole a disservice. Well, these new updates, hopefully, we think, or at least we put in a lot of time and effort to make sure that the mask AI will be designed to work. If you work with the mask, It'll work with you, but if you refuse, it will become your worst enemy. And and what what is the recourse then if an individual who has this mask and they come to their senses and realize that it's horrible and I'm inhaling all sorts of horrible chemicals that are not understood and and it's too snug and and the battery pack is is cutting off blood flow to their brain. Um, if they were to take that off and throw it in the trash, as they ought to, mm-hmm. how would the AI respond to that? Well, the AI is a very advanced AI, Rowan. Unfortunately, these AIs are specifically designed to counter hacking attempts. There are t- the entire time that the that any of our masks have been 
on the market though. We've had very specific algorithms in place to monitor and keep tabs on anybody that refuses to wear the mask. Tech Brothers does not believe in forcing anybody to do anything. However, if you- Except uh, join the, 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 the Guy5 network, of course. We do not force anybody to join the Guy5 network. It's just better, so there people are gonna join it. Through the infiltration of Guy5 into um, existing networks, including Landline and, and other uh, cell phone networks as we've talked about, correct? That's, now Rowan, that's like saying, that's like saying making something better is somehow infiltrating it, which is not true. So, but but what is how does the AI respond? We we we, we skipped past we that. So the AI does not respond, Rowan. As you're not wearing a mask, right? Um, I am not. I I'm wearing um some uh, some experimental nose plugs that we've been working with, filled with a very various medicinal mm -hmm. um, herbs and what have you. Uh, they actually dissolve and enter into the 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 sinus cavity. Um, that that's uh, that is what the natural healthy alternative to a mask is going to probably look like in the coming coming months as uh, we mm -hmm. we iron it out. Right. Well, we as as you as you can tell, you are doing whatever you're doing. No AI is forcing you to wear a mask. I don't know what you thought that you were smarter than an AI or something. What, what, whatever you think, it's there. Nobody's going to force Rowan you to wear a mask. However, what the AI will be doing is it will be encouraging everybody else who decides to do the the common sense thing and put on a mask to keep you from getting nearly hundreds, thousands of MALO21 uh, mutations or really any disease that you can think of. These people will be, will be encouraged not to interact with you. Well, the wonderful thing about what we're developing here at Simon Amy is that um, it, it, it gives responsibility and control back to the individual through all they have to do is, is they breathe exclusively through their nose. No mask required. The plugs go into mm -hmm. the nose. You simply breathe through the nose. Do not breathe through your mouth. Well, and, and, and your beautiful face can be seen by all, but we're not well, here to talk. We're not here to talk about, we're not like here to talk anybody about, that we're is not using, here to talk about. They will never get to experience the nasal based vaporizers that tech brothers is designing. Whereas our masks will let you do that. And that's the thing. These masks are here to keep you safe. If you're messing around with them, or if, yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't even consider. I didn't even think. I didn't think in a million years, Rowan, that I'd be having this conversation with you. I thought we were going to have a nice conversation about chiding people for for tinkering with the masks when they shouldn't. I didn't know I'd get into this argument with you. Well, as soon as you said that that guy five is involved with this, it immediately throws up red flags, because I can tell you right now, mm -hmm. the guy five network is dangerous. I would. We have many many rats. That we have exposed to Guy Five networks, and we have it has pained me, absolutely pained me, to have to euthanize them, and it ruined our blender as well. Uh, Staff Margarita Night has been ruined because of the del deleterious effects. Well, that's because on these rats. You, that's because you refused to use the self-cleaning Tech Brothers blender that we sent you because of your fears of fears of the Guy Five network. I just don't understand why a blender needs to be connected to a. There are uh, no downsides. You should have seen these rats. Or have you ever seen the inside of a rat on the outside of a rat? We were doing I, them. I we, cannot, it was they were in how such did you pain. accomplish that? Uh, concentrated 
Guy 5 waves. We have a box, we put the rats in, and then we shoot them with the Guy 5 rays. We it, it permeate them, and you would not... You you have no idea the inflammation that we saw. The Rowan, inflammation Rowan, this spectrum, absolute nonsense. The inflammation we spectrum was off the charts. Off the charts. This is supposed to be a an informative program, and you are providing us with this nonsense... I thought we ended this when we ended our our discussion on the Guy Five Network, but apparently you continued to do, to do, absolutely unbelievable experiments with whatever you're doing. I don't think that the I don't even think that the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Sciences has a research laboratory. So you must be doing these in a field or something. Well, well, t- quite frankly, if you were to get out of your your media disruption lab, your 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 sterile I I take... aseptic little little cubicle. I go to many of the labs at Tech Brothers. I just think that an individual such as yourself who has never um um held fresh dirt in their hands and sniffed it to try you think and... we don't have you think we're not studying dirt at guy at, at tech brothers i would I, I would be surprised if you were let me finish the special feature for anybody out there who has hacked their their mask for anybody that that has decided to start wearing a mask and maybe cannot find one because rowan has come along and buried it six feet into the ground i don't know what he's asking people to do but if you have bricked your mask out there we are holding at regular drop at regular drop uh, drop sites we are holding no question mask trade-ins where anybody that wants one anybody that needs one can trade in their current bricked face mask or their absence of a face mask for a face fee- a face field model 2s version 1.39.1.02 top of the line face covering at no cost to them no monetary cost no, the cost no the cost on your future wellness will be co- immeasurable yes and positive i believe we have i believe we're, we're running low on time I, I guess so, Rowan. I believe, I believe. Unless you have any other, I miss science to. You will be receiving. You will be receiving to... a number of emails. I would. I would, by whom? By myself. I, I hope I can read them. I I hope you will read them. Uh, today's anyway. citizen science. Okay. <clears throat> Emotions are energy. Energy cannot be destroyed; only converted from one form into another. When emotions cause stress. It's the energy asking you to vibrate higher so that it can transform and shift into freedom. This is also called shadow work, allowing your shadows to rise. Now, I myself am a light worker. I, that's right. actually what I majored in is mm-hmm. light working. Um, and that's where my degree is, my doctorate. Right. And what is the relationship between light work and shadow work, Rowan? It's, it's very complicated because um, shadow work is only now being really developed and fully fledged mm-hmm. into a its own... Uh, field um but uh, in a lot of ways not the actual shadow work that mm-hmm. is positive and and helpful uh you on the other hand do shadow work in the sense that you work in the shadows and um create a great deal of darkness um with when it's nighttime with, sure with with your with your mask when i'm standing your, behind your, your, a giant your, your, your machine. guy five and your and your 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 horrible horrible things that are going on over there what horrible are you, what are you implying rowan we're gonna have. I'm going to be sending you a very lengthy email. I I will I will read it. You seem you seem to think there's, I the only difference between you and I, Rowan, is that. I, know what I'm talking about. Anyway, go on. Um. Well, I believe it's. Uh, I believe that's it. Oh, okay. Do you have a quote for us? This I evening? do have a quote for you. 
And this week, we're going to close on a quote. Usually, we have a quote from like a scientist or a, or a doctor or somebody somebody that, that is in, in the science, directly in the midst of science research. Um, this week, we have somebody that is sort of a secondhand scientist, a, a very well-regarded, uh, famed scientific documentarian known as Quinter Terino, um, who said once that, one cannot simply capture science with a lens. One must capture science with the mind. That's very profound. Mm -hmm. Eureka Cast Now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are rebroadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FN Lumpen Radio. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can follow us at EurekaCast on Twitter. But we are, we're not just on Twitter. We are on all sorts of other social media. Rowan, what are some other ones that we have? Uh, yes. Um, with regards to social media, you can find us at um, facebook.com slash awcyfm, mm -hmm. uh, where you'll receive uh, updates with regards to our programs coming out, some of our other projects, as well as various other content we feel is, is eye-opening and mm -hmm. mind-expanding. Um, additionally, if you'd like, uh, feel free to send us an email to awcyfm at gmail.com. Uh, there, if you have any technological scientific or perhaps spiritual breakthroughs um feel free to share them with us uh, send us pictures of you wearing your mask um or perhaps you burying the mask uh, very deep underground or burying or the mask will have no effect or, or, on or it. incinerating them perhaps um impossible uh, uh likewise or if you just would like to reach out mm -hmm. to you you feel free uh, or even become a guest on the program we, we are always willing yes. and happy to look for new thinkers, big thinkers, mm -hmm. to come on the program and, and discuss issues with us if and, you want and to listen, research. If you want to listen to past episodes, you can. Uh, we are available on all major podcast catching services, um, just just as a, as a byproduct of being part of so many different carrier ports on the Guy5 network. And, of course, we have an Instagram as well. At AW, we've, we've seized AWCYFM on Instagram. And we hope to be using that in the near future. Yes, um, just in terms of showing some science in 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 motion and science throughout, and as mm -hmm. well as spiritual um, thoughts and musings uh, that to in to enhance your day, um, you bring a little light, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, so, with all that out of the way, Chicago, please allow us here. At Eureka Cast now to pass along the chalice of reflection so that your day may remain transcendent. Your mask is not a toy. <laughs>